Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. Today's theme is simply complex. So let's see if we can pull it off. When a river is running through its channel to its destination, there are many factors involved in its channel. And when, when the river, either by force or by certain conditions, exceeds its channel, <clears throat> it's called a flood. But imagine that there is nothing built in a flood path that shouldn't be there. Wow. Welcome to LA. Think of hurricanes path. Hurricanes, cyclones are essential for life. They arise out of the rainforested areas of the oceans. And the rainforested areas of the ocean have the most oxygen because the rainforest has produced it. And the way the world, the earth, the world is set up, it's set up for the distribution of this oxygen so that all parts of the world can have this oxygen, not just the areas immediately adjacent to the rainforest. And so hurricanes and cyclones are what are called centripetal, which means they spiral inward. And anything that spirals inward concentrates what is. And what hurricanes and cyclones do is they concentrate oxygen into the atmosphere which is then distributed through the winds of the planet. It's very much like in a river there are things called eddies. Eddies are those areas along the river's bank that form these pools and these pools are created because the river in that particular area has started to spiral and that's what an eddy is. One of the things that gathers in eddies is life. All of the aquatic insects and fish. So gathering in those eddies in a river are the aquatic lives that feed each other. 
and gathering in the path of a hurricane are the aerial, the ario lives that feed all life. So you have a high ratio of oxygen in the river's eddy. Because human beings are so unnatural, they tend to build their structures in the paths of hurricanes and floods. And then when hurricanes and floods, which are natural, happen, they call them a natural disaster. And no one ever thinks that we could eliminate the disaster by changing human habit. Habit means habitat, where we live, whether it's an emotional, physical, or mental habit. When we become sensitized, we realize that there are many forces surrounding human nature that are inclined, meaning slanting toward nature. And one of those conditions that surrounds human nature, that inclines toward nature, are what are called angelic forces. The gathering of consciousness is a force. You are the gathering of consciousness that has collected a physical human body. <coughs> You've collected a physical human body. Your pets have collected their body for a variety of reasons. Sometimes pets have collected a particular body for the purpose of moving through an incarnate level. Most of the pets, according to the great masters, and Yogi Bhajan said this often, most of the pets of highly evolved people are actually angelic forms that have reincarnated at a very close and visceral level, a level that you can touch, a level that can sleep in your bed without being offensive. <laughs> it's not just any of your acquaintances that can, <laughs> that can climb into your bed at night, you know? I saw a great cartoon the other day, and it was this puppy. And the puppy was like this in the bed. And the husband and wife are like trying to make, they were asleep, but they were like awkwardly placed where the puppy was just all spread out, you know? I thought, that, car, that artist got that one right. These angelic forms take place in many ways. And they are always inclined 
toward the natural non-disaster. They are inclined towards the natural progression, which means progress, that you can make in your life by being sensitive to the indicators. When a river exceeds its banks, the force of its energy becomes unsensitive to its channel and it exceeds its channel. Now sometimes when a river exceeds its channel, it's going to need to form a larger channel or a different channel. And these are the things that happen in our lives. When the river of our life exceeds our channel, it allows our life to form a different channel, to expand its channel. When it expands its channel or forms a different channel, our life begins to feel unfamiliar. And if familiarity is your requirement, you will withhold this ability to grow. And that's why it's always said, become comfortable in the discomfort of the unfamiliarity. But at that moment in the unfamiliarity, it is also a necessity to be able to determine whether or not the new nature is a progressive nature or a disastrous nature. Are you going to have some profound growth or are you going to have a significant setback based on what is taking place? Now, it's interesting because you have no way of knowing because when you enter something brand new, there is no previous record. It is said in the scripture of yoga that you must enter the space not yet occupied in order to enter the space that does not yet exist. And that is true growth. That is true evolution. So how are you going to determine that which has never been before? Because there are no rules. And if you're focused only from your head brain, which is, I won't say addicted, that's too extreme, but it's definitely committed to rules and regulations. As a matter of fact, the rules and regulations of right and left orientation, right and left up and down orientations, the four dimensions, or the three dimensions rather, is what is called lexia. And this lexia is where you have no, you have no fixation on those orientations. Dyslexia is not a bad thing, it's actually a really good thing. All creative masters are completely dyslexic because what happens is they're 
their brain is breaking old patterns and is not offended by the unknown patterns of newness, of growth. And so they create things, they invent things, they design things, they produce things. This is the condition that you must be in when the river of your life exceeds its fixed channel. Because if you're not in this condition of welcoming the disruption, you will fixate on the old channel and either be in a disastrous state during the growth, which will displace growth, because the subconscious doesn't want you to feel disastrous, and so the subconscious will stop you from doing those things which has created the growth in order for you to get back to the familiar. We've grown so far in this explanation <laughs> that we're having to access familiarity for a moment just to be able to continue. <laughs> Becoming very sensitive is an act of prayer. Orthopedic means, ortho means structure, pedic means origin. It's, pedic means that origin as infant. Orthopedic means the structure of your infancy. So an orthopedic doctor is a doctor that tries to return your structure to the, to the nature of your infancy when your structure was without twists or torrents. Imagine that you were to come into a psychopedic condition where your psyche was in its conditions of origin. What is the nature of an infant? An infant doesn't look very knowledgeable, does it? And knowledge is usually this area here, right? The intellectual knowledge is that two-dimensional brain. The most powerful brain force in a small infant is the gut brain. Little babies have this extended gut, and the gut brain has this power of being able to lay on its back with arms and legs extended, you know, and when we have you lay on your back, which we're going to, we're going to have your arms and legs extended, you're going to go, I wonder how long this is going to last. Because you're not in that gut brain, you're, you're in this, you know, which is going to try to measure the amount of time that you have to hold your legs at this angle. Whereas the child is actually as easy in these angles as if it were floating in water. And when you get your life to be balanced in the channel of the gut brain and the heart brain and the head brain and the connecting shushmana, and you actually allow your body to be in that channel of energy, 
with all of the chakras, which are just those cycles and circles like the eddies and hurricanes. Thank you. Thank you. In our lives, those centripetal forces that are bringing the energies into our lives and then just outside of that system of chakras are all of the angelic forces. Now you can name your angels, you can use traditional names, or you can just consider them to be the coalition of a, of a conscious force, which is just exactly what you are, as I said earlier. You're just a coalition of a psychic force, of a conscious force that has gathered matter in the form of your body. And you've gathered matter in the form of your body in a design that is very attractive. Now, I know that if we think of it in terms of time, it's taken billions of years to design this, but this is not what we're looking at. When we look at the amount of light years that some star is away, those are light years based on years of planet Earth. Planet Earth's years are just the measure of a rock orbiting around a candle. <laughs> the planet and the sun. But what if you realize, as they did in the ancient scriptures, that a year of Brahm One year of Brahm was equal to 432 trillion years of this planet. And that's just one year. One moment within that year is equal to millions of Earth years. One moment. And these are the measurements that take place in the angelic field. When somebody has passed and gone before you, I remember when my father, who I was extremely close to, I was extremely close to both parents, when my father passed in 1984, all I could experience was the, a field field, like a plane, a field that went on forever and it was like, it's going to be forever till we meet again. And Yogi Bhajan called me up and said, journey's done. And that field of forever became a measurement of nothing. And suddenly my father was right there. Through my senses, I translate experience and the measures that are involved in that translation cause tremendous amounts of sensation. And those sensations create emotions and feelings, base emotions 
and feelings and those base emotions and feelings get explained and translated through thoughts. And all of this will control what I do with my existence. But that which can override all of that is my sensitivity. If I can become so sensitive that I stop translating, I stop interpreting, I just begin to experience, then I have taken the time to come to now. And when I take the time to come to now, I feel no pain. As the Buddha said, there's no pain in the moment. Pain is all anticipation and memory. But in the moment, there is just joy. Even if it's a moment of death, in the moment, there is just joy. And that is the path of the river of your life, whether it remains in channel or exceeds its channels. That is the nature of the eddies and the hurricanes in your life. as long as you accept them as constructive. And not disruptive. But the moment you resist the nature of life, in that resistance, you increase the tension, pressure, stress, and friction, which is what it takes to form life. You increase it abnormally, and that's when you have distortions and disruptions. We have a world in today's experience that is filled with what Yogi Bhajan called intertwined neurosis. It is the interaction of disruptive psyches. There is no solution within it. The solution exists in the unknown beyond it. And that's what you're tasked with. Your task is to enter the unknown that is beyond the problem with awareness of the problem so that you can be sensitive enough to locate solutions. And when you are in that state, you're not corrective. You're not judgmental. Because what is, is. No amount of judgment is going to correct it. What is, is because there's been complete lack of discipline for a tremendous amount of time. 
And our task is to become a combination of discipline and joy. Too much discipline Joy without discipline, joy and discipline is the yin and the yang. It is the balance. It is identical to the nature of the universe, to the cosmos. And so as you experience the utter insanity, calamity, of what's taking place on earth right now, just realize you've been sent here to recognize, to recognize, to recognize, to know again that which you experienced wholeheartedly, even though you had no heart, as that angelic force prior to your incarnation. And it's interesting because here we are. We've been uneducated by the system called education. We've been confined and confirmed into a a state in which when we break too far outside of it, we feel awkward. That's why Yogi Bhajan told us to dress like this. Because when you walk around dressed like this, you start out awkward. <laughs> I mean, you cannot, you cannot, I mean, I went to my 20, I didn't get to my 10, but I went to my 20 year high school reunion, dressed exactly like this, and all these kids, my graduating class was 835 students. It was a huge high school in Seattle. And these kids that I hardly even talked to, I hardly even knew, came walking up to me, because I was the weirdest thing at the reunion, <laughs> came walking up to me and said, I knew you'd end up like this. <laughs> and I thought, was it that obvious? <laughs> you have to be comfortable in your misfit. As Yogi Bhajan said, don't try to fit in. You fit perfectly in you. And this is who we are. This is who we are. We are not here to fit into the world. We are here to set a new standard. And ultimately, because of our numbers, as we increase the numbers, we will gather and gather and gather. And then we become influential. It is not a one-year, two-year, four-year, ten-year, twenty-year plan. It's a decades plan and stick around because this decades plan needs us. 
on Tuesday of this last week was the first class that I taught since coming back. And there was a gentleman in the class that took offense to part of the class and said some things while I was talking and got up and left. And this is to be expected. And this is not to be offended by. Because as Lao Tse said, you must realize that by your nature you will offend, but be unoffended by the reflection of your offensive nature. Because if you are offensive because of the fact that you are something that is unknown, and the offended throws back their offense, your job is to not be struck by their offense and then you will see within even that moment yours, there is only joy. And as I walked up to him as, as he was leaving with his stuff, I just thanked him for being here. And then he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, and walked out. But you have to understand that those are not to be interpreted. Those moments are not to be interpreted. There is nothing to be explained. You don't have to interpret when a glass fills and slightly overflows. You don't have to interpret that. You just have to observe it. And it was wonderful that that happened because that's an indication of a lot of what's going to happen going forward. Because we have to fill glasses. And some will not be willing or able to take much filling. And that's okay. That's why Yogi Bhajan said we are the forklifts. Forklifts don't take and put their forks under and raise everything up and smash it into the ceiling. Forklifts just raise things to the level that they're needed. But a forklift meets everyone at their level. We've got a big job to do, and we must rely upon the light force of the Kundalini, the eddies and hurricanes of our chakras. the angelic forces that surround us to keep us in channel, and a prayer that allows us to be sensitive enough to absorb it all. And then be superactive as well as inactive, whatever the moment calls upon you to be. And when people take offense to your nature. Be unoffended. Be really able to be in an environment where you are being criticized and you experience nothing but the joy of the moment.
All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama breathing exercise and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation and these will be like 11 minutes and then there are also going to be audio files which are guided 11 minute meditations which you can listen to and that's all within gurusing.com Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.